This show is distributed by SoundCloud. Welcome. Welcome to episode 194 of Texting, a bonus episode of Texting hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. Hey, Jason, how you doing? Good. I, li- I like that, the bonus episode. So why is this a bonus episode? Yeah, I was hoping you were going to ask that question because actually it's going out at the same time as our normal episode. And in fact, if you look at the stream, it just should looks like it's going to be a regular episode. But in fact, it's a bonus episode because it almost didn't happen. Um, in fact, it only just happened by really just by the skin of our teeth. Right. The episode that almost ha- almost didn't happen. Maybe that should be the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I'm moving tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. I will be driving back from Savannah to Los Angeles. Yes. Right. Going back <laughs> to Cali, right? Woo. <laughs> well, I oh, can't wait. So how long was it? You, how, many, how many months or weeks? Do you even have a count? Oh, you must be so happy. You predicted this all along. <laughs> and probably all the listeners knew as well. <laughs> yeah, Rob, I was talking to Rob Walling about that a couple weeks ago, and he was joking about it. He's like, he was just thinking, yeah, I don't think he's going to like Savannah as much as he thinks he's going to like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, well. Well, it was, what, about three months? That how long? Yeah, it's been three months. It's been three months. So. Okay, well, you but, know, it's, it's just like, um, you know, when you go and you spend a summer somewhere, you know, it was an experimental move. Yeah, a very expensive yeah. experimental move because it cost you probably what? Did did you estimate around ten thousand? If you include, I'm sure. I'm sure it's cost us. It's cost us at least ten thousand to to do this little test. You know, security de- lost security deposits and um and uh, moving costs and buying and selling furniture and uh, well, three and a half thousand moving costs on the way there. <laughs> four and a half thousand moving costs on the way. Back. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, because when you go with a reputable firm, you have to actually pay the right amount. Okay, so seven and a half thousand, and then there was. Did you <laughs> did you forego a security deposit on either end for leaving early? Um, no. Really? No, we haven't had to do that. We haven't had to do that. Oh, were you just month a month or something? No, uh, we just, we just, uh, basically, you know, this whole thing about you sign a lease and basically you have to pay them the security deposit if you leave early. Right. Like nine times out of 10, if you you reason with people, they'll give you the security deposit back. I mean, I've always been able to get it back. And there was one instance where I couldn't get it back. And uh, then what I did was I just found someone to rent out the place and then they gave it to me back. So it wasn't a problem. Okay. And then, but then there was a cost of, buying and selling furniture right because you had to sell some stuff because you didn't want to transport it oh delightful yard sale economics my wife loves a good yard sale (laughs) selling something that cost 400 bucks for 25 bucks (laughs) oh it's brutal (laughs) so yeah yard sale on the way out and then when, when we got here we bought some new stuff but i am assured and promised that there shall be no more yard sales and that we shall keep everything we have okay from henceforth well, good well it's going to be good to have you back so <laughs> oh, good. yeah i'm good. hoping to i'm hoping to move around uh, your area uh, pasadena maybe but that you know watch this space that may happen that may not happen i'm not sure right because you were all into it like a week ago and now all of a sudden i'm hearing rumblings that well a week ago you were looking for an apartment in pasadena and now it sounded like georgie was not interested in the apartment she wanted to do the house thing no she wants 
Okay, it's apparently it's the terminology which I don't understand as a as a Brit, right? So apparently there's a difference between a condo and an apartment and a small apartment, whatever the hell those things are. So basically, a condo is apparently a block of apartments where people own an individual apartment in it. Right, that's a condo. That's where okay. we live, right? So we, and in fact, you have a lot of no, no, but, but I thought you lived in apartments. We live. We we own a condo. It's, there's 39 units, and we own one of them. Oh, okay. So so apartments is where there's 39 units, but they're for rent. That's correct. Or owned, there, owned there by could one even person. be 40 units. <laughs> okay, 41. Okay, so that's owned by one person. <laughs> so what is a small apartment? Is that like where there's just 10 units owned by one person I, for rent? So it's it's not like where it has a pool or something like that. That sounds like that's Georgie terminology. She's just trying to explain <laughs> something to you. That's not just not sort of standard terminology, the small apartment category. Unless I think what she means is that she might want some place that's like that has a small number of units. That's my older yeah. has character as opposed to some new like, you know, super that's complex exactly what of she means. 250 units and everything. So what is that called? It's just called an apartment. It's just, you know, you call it whatever you want. It's just a, it's just, you know, it's, just, it's still an apartment. So, but basically what she's saying is she doesn't want to live in a big complex. Okay. Yeah. No, and the thing is, since Pasadena is an older area, there's a lot of little apartment complexes like that that you could probably oh, find. Fantastic. They're all kind of cute okay, little things. Great. So there's all kind of options, but, um, you know, you know, whatever. Well, I'll show you around. I, I, you know, I guess in the fifth, I'm going to take you and Georgie around. We're going to spend a morning just driving around Pasadena, showing you the various areas and the trade-offs, and you can guys get a sense of what might work for you. That's going to be fun. Yeah. That's going to be fun. Now, I don't want to live too close to you. No, no. We're, I, I want to live at least, at least a few minutes walk away. No, we're going to have what's called the buffer zone. <laughs> you may not cross the buffer zone. The, 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 the buffer zone comes from... I'm going to tell you a story. So my, one of my very best friends, Mitchell Gould, who I grew up with in, uh, in Atlanta, he, um, I've talked about him. He's gone on to become a stuntman and writer and producer, that guy. Right. So when I came out to visit in Pasadena, right before I moved out here, um, I stayed with him <laughs> for a few days. But he, he only lived in like one of these little studio apartments. He didn't have a couch. He just had one bed. And it wasn't a very big mm. bed. It was one of those things. I forget what they're called. They, they, they come out of the wall. What are those called? Mm-hmm. Do you know what those kind of beds are called? Oh, there's a, there's a name for uh, them. Like a, like a Henry bed or something. There's some weird name. Yeah, I'm blanking on it. So we had to sleep on it again. Yeah. So we, had, we, we created what was called the buffer zone. It was like about a, a, a foot of buffer. <laughs> you are not allowed to cross. <laughs> when you were sleeping it together. the most disturbing thing in the, in the world is to wake up in the middle of the night and have some hairy arm rubbing up against you. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> the buffer zone. Basically, we call it. You have to respect the buffer zone. Yeah, so we're going to respect the buffer zone here. You got to at least be a few blocks away. Can't have. That's an awesome sound bite for anyone who wants to take you and quote you out of context. What you just said about a hairy. <laughs> yeah, maybe that should be the title of the show. Respect the buffer zone. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, but there's a there's a lot of good options, and um, <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to give his name out because I don't want to. Um, uh, get him any kind of trouble, but a, uh, a texting listener um, was out visiting um, this past weekend um, yeah. because he's interviewing at SpaceX. And the reason I don't want to get him in trouble is for wherever he's working. <laughs> yeah. So he, um, we hung out for an evening 
and uh, grabbed some dinner and everything in Old Town. And I was showing them around. And um, we found a lot of awesome places. Really cool. I mean, just he just I just showed him some places, and he quickly brought up like Trulia. Some of the, I think it's one of those little um, websites. Yeah, Trulia is a great yeah, it's a great site. Yeah. yeah. He was like, hey, check this place out. It's like twenty two hundred, three bedrooms, two baths, brand new, big. You know, I think he said it was like salt pool or something. I'm like a like a like seawater or something. Yeah, <laughs> I'd never heard of that. A salt water pool or something, and all this stuff. And I'm like, wow. And that's only like a block, like two blocks away. So that might be dangerously close to the buffer zone. So we'll have to see. oh and and, and on that topic um well i know do you want to talk about the moving thing are we all we all done with that Uh, i think i think we're done i mean we we've we've hashed it in previous shows so there's no point going into that any any further okay um so so he 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 this this mystery person (laughs) come on spit it out mystery texting listener um hung out with him i hung out with rob walling the weekend before that he was down in, he used to live in Pasadena. Oh, that would have been awesome. I wish, I totally wish I could have been there for that. Yeah, well, it was kind of funny. I think I talked about this in the show, so I had a chance to hang out with him. We, we invited um, Rob and Sherry and their, and their two uh, sons to come over. We hung out at the park for a while, and then we, you know, had barbecued out down the pool, and the kids played, and Colby and um, Finn, their oldest, were running around playing video games and doing all kind of stuff. And so that was really fun. And, um, and then Guyon was just in town for the last three days. <laughs> wow, you've had a party. Well, what's funny is, I was just, just thinking about this, is everybody, and then you will be coming back in a week, and we'll be hanging out, and all of you I've met through the web. Yeah. It's all through sort of the tech zing stuff, or tech stuff. It's weird um, how, that, how that's happened. <laughs> well, I think, that's, I think that's awesome. In fact, I'll do you one better. Like, I bought a house through the web, and I got a wife through the web. So, although I didn't get a Russian bride, they didn't come I just met my wife through the web. <laughs> they didn't come together, right? It wasn't like the house, the wife came to the house. That's no. Bonus. <laughs> and you I get don't know a why I'm bread. so giddy today. And why you, am I so giddy today? Because you're coming back to California, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's probably what it is. Leaving tomorrow. And with this wife, you get a brand new house. <laughs> All right. Door number three. Um, mm. So, yeah, well, speaking of uh, your wife, um, you just showed me some cool videos that you made for Plugio with her doing the voiceover. Now, she has such a good voice. And uh, would, you, would you agree with that? I would say she does. She's really great. She has a great voice. It's, you know, it, 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 um, I don't know the terminology, you know, about how to describe a voice, but it sounds, uh, it's easy to listen to. It has just enough character to make it a little more interesting than sort of a generic voiceover voice, but it yeah. just, it sounds very professional. And it's something that I've advised a number of times in the show going back probably or some very early episodes that if you're going to do like these sort of demo videos or instructional videos, if you can use a female voice, it just sounds professional. Yeah, it does. Because I I see see the thing is, I think it depends. It entirely depends on what the product is, right? So there's certain products where a male voice is better and other products where a female voice is better, but it's especially... Um, something that's consumer or prosumer, I think, works really well with a female voice. But I, no. I can think of things that work well with a male voice. Yeah, well, I guess I mean, like, particularly software. Because we know if it's a guy, it's like one of the developers. You know, it just sounds, <laughs> right. it sounds small fry. It sounds like built in the garage, you know, that kind of thing. But when you have a female voice, it sounds, it sounds like it's a bigger operation. It sounds a little more serious. I mean... 
Unless, of course, you like the idea of people knowing that it's you, right? It's like, you know, this is Justin's, this is Justin speaking, it's Justin's software, all Justin all the time, that kind of thing. If, you're, if that's really the, the product and you want the product and you to be inseparable, then use your own voice. But, um, but having Georgie's voice, I think, just, just adds that layer of professionalism and, and, uh, to it. And, um, but, but then again, it, it all, it all, I, some guys, even if you want, even if you want to create this, uh, or even if you're trying to not try not to separate yourself from the product, you better make sure you have a decent voice because <laughs> some of these voices I hear are just oh, oh, rough. I mean, because it's that sort of part of it. Um, the other part is the audio editing and and doing that and making it kind of sound professional. So, I mean, she was shy. She didn't want to do it. She totally didn't want to do it. But I've I've known for ages that she had a good voice and that she would sound really good doing uh, voiceovers for for Bluggio, the the videos. So I had an argument with her. And I, was, I was like, "Look, I practically forced the mic on her head. Look, just speak into this mic. Say what speak. <laughs> say, <laughs> say what I'm going to tell you to say, and then have a listen back because I promise you'll sound awesome." So um, we did that, and she did, and she really liked it. Um, and but also the other thing is that she has just started getting into Bluggio because. She is going to do community management for Plugio, as well as um, Anyfoo, hopefully one day. Okay. And so since she's done that, she's started using Plugio. And the same with Steph uh, Garvey, who's the wife of Mike Garvey, who's the designer. And both of them used it, and they were just like, what? What is this? What do I do? How do I do this? And both just basically felt like, oh, I don't know what to do next. I, I need some kind of video or something. So Georgie basically went through as a new user and I showed her and talked her through each screen and she went away and wrote the script for the video as a first time user, which is something that I couldn't have done anywhere near as well as she's done That's a because I'm so deeply into it. That's a great idea. Having her write through her own script. Yeah. I mean that, yeah. that, that probably makes a big difference because she's seeing it through the eyes of a new user and, and, and not a, not necessarily technical user. So, yeah, and those, exactly. are, those are your audience. Your audience isn't yeah. the, um, aren't necessarily coders. So, ah, it's great. Well, I, I was, because I was thinking that when I was watching the video, I'm like wondering, did you write it? And then she, she, you're like clicking on the screen and she's talking while she's reading the script. I was kind of figuring, I was trying to imagine what was going on there. Well, hey, so, okay, so how we did it, and this is what's great as well. I want to talk about this, about having a team. Having a team is just so awesome, right? So she went, she went through Plugio and wrote the script as she asked me how to do stuff. So she basically learned Plugio at the same time as writing the script. So she wrote a great script. Then I recorded her doing the audio, and then we passed that off to Michael Poitras, who who did the, did the video. And he did a great job of the video because he was just doing the video. And the times where she said, I, I, I told her, look, just say click here. Just assume that he's going to do something good at that point. So she did that, and he did. He like zoomed in and did all that kind of stuff. So as, as a team effort, me doing the, edit, the audio editing, her doing the speaking and the writing and him doing the video, it's just come out so well. And we're, we're do, cause you know how Plugio has like these five screens. Mm -hmm. We've done one video for each screen so that the first time you click in, you just see this video that just explains that screen for once and for all, it actually explains it, which I've had such a hard time doing. I mean, if someone says to me, says to me, what's Plugio? I'm like, uh, what? <laughs> 
<laughs> you know? Yeah, it, it can be very difficult to describe your own work. I mean, you you, yeah. you you have a hard time seeing with you know the forest from the trees. I think, and yeah. uh, fresh yeah. eyes can come in and say, "Look, it's just basically this," <laughs> you know. And yeah. uh, I, 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 you know, I get it. I, that's that's really cool. Um, so Thanks. is she, is she just going to do a handful of videos, or going to redo some videos with her voice, or what are you thinking? Well, to start off with, she's doing these five, she, well, we've already recorded it, it's already done, mm-hmm. these five intro screens. <clears throat> so Michael is now um, turning them to videos, and I've created the functionality that plugs that all together on the website. Then what we're going to start doing is having a join me window open on the website. Mm-hmm. So it's going to say somewhere on the website, uh, our support staff are, uh, are sharing their screen right now, click here to view their screen. And talk about stuff. So we're going to do like a couple of hours a day where she's online and just talking to people. Right. Just doing screen sharing. Cool. So that's kind of the next thing that we're thinking of. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Sounds great. Well, it's nice that you have, uh, you're getting a team together. <clears throat> because she, see, she passed, she passed, like after, after th- a 13-year trek of, um, of basically learning to be a, a therapist and various master's degree degrees. She finally has passed her, um, her, gotten her license, her Californian license, which amazingly she, she took the test in Savannah. Right. They have these testing centers all over America. Right. So, so that whole big thing, you know, we, we've been waiting so long for her to study and, and get that passed. So now she's actually got nothing to do unless she gets a job or comes and works for Plugio. Mm. Well, what's the plan? Is she going to work for Plugio or is she going to get a job as a therapist? I think I think in the in the in the short term, well, because you see, when you're licensed, you can actually start private practice. Okay. So she's gonna she's gonna do private practice, but build that up very slowly. So she's gonna split her time between plug here and private practice. Yeah, I have a some friends of ours. Um, uh, well, my buddy's wife, Mona, she she's a has a PhD, I think, in psychology, and she started her own practice. And it took a yeah. little time, but the great thing about that is that if you can build it up slowly, then you get it to just the size that you want. You can have just the number of clients so that you can have as much free time as you want. So if you want, you know, you want to work on half a day or two thirds of a day or whatever. I mean, with you, obviously you can, you know, you guys can live fine with just your income, but um, so she can probably build it up to a certain size in the meantime, be helping out with Plugio and kind of see what she wants to do. So, I've got some really big news unless um just go for it. Unless you unless you want to go. Mm. So my really big news is that after all my huff and bluff about bootstrapping for <laughs> the last two and a half years, I'm very seriously considering seeking funding for Plugier. Hypocrite Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well look, I mean, here's the thing. I don't think I don't think there's anything wrong with, with taking funding. I don't think many people would. It's just the, I think what's the important thing about bootstrapping is that you can get something going. You don't want to have to ask permission or not do something because you don't have funding. So a lot of companies bootstrap to the point where they're very successful, like uh, GitHub, right? Yeah. I mean, GitHub took funding eventually um, and or Stack Overflow or even uh, 37 Signals. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of these companies take some money later on at some point. The, the, the good part is that the further you are along in your, in, on, on your path, the better terms you're usually going to get because you're removing 
risk from the table. You're moving uh, technology risk, market risk, execution risk, whatever. I mean, you're 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 having to, you're having to do less hand waving and saying, "Oh, the product's going to be like this," or "These are the kind of people we're going to pay for it," or "I can totally do all this stuff." It's like, you know, you you just walk in and say, "This is what we've done. This is what works. This is how much charge. This is how we've charged. This is how much. These are the things we've tried. This is what's worked and what hasn't. Whatever." And so I think. Um, you probably can get better terms. And the good thing is, though, that you don't have to take the money. So if you don't get the terms you, you want, screw it. Just keep on going. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I could even go one, one better than what you just said, which is I can practically predict um, the amount that's required, how much it costs to acquire a user, and how much, you know, at what point they could get their, a return on their investment and how much return they could get based on looking at what's happening with the social media market and the amount of revenue that Plugio makes and all those things. Well, those are the kind of things that investors want to hear, right? They, they, they want to yeah. see your company as a function that turns, you know, X, y, you know, into Y. So if I put in, yeah. you know, $3 in marketing, do I get $5 in return or $10 in return or whatever it is? And um, that's, that's exactly, that's essentially what professional investors are looking for it's just something where they can just put the uh, put the lighter fluid on the fire. You know, the fire's already going. We don't have to try and understand what this market is going to be or what this product is going to be. We just want to just add, you know, just inc- just scale it up. So, so ask me what changed my mind. Hey, Justin, what changed your mind? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was since working with the team and seeing how much me being able to work full time because the way that. The, the deal I've got going with Company 52 is structured is I can work on Plugio full-time now. Uh-huh. I earn a salary from Company 52. So basically, they're making an investment in Plugio, really, yeah. by paying me each month. But then I get maybe one to two hours a day from each of them. Okay. like that. So they're all doing other stuff, but they're also helping. And the speed and how much we're getting done and how exponentially it's growing. And the fact that ultimately, now Plugio, it, if you take, for example... I don't know, a smaller product like Buffer. It just, it, it seems <laughs> much kind of smaller. Um, Plugio is a full suite, like a full platform, and it feels like it should be funded. It feels like it's grown beyond the basic bootstrapping concept. I think it's like Epic Night. It just, it's got to this point where it's this big thing now. Right. And um, we've done so much on it. We've professionalized it so much. And even... Um, a lady from uh, a blogger from CNET has, has started speaking to me and she's going to do some kind of post about Plugio. Cool. Uh, when I told, when I told her the backstory, she was like, this, this is just you and, and a couple of guys like you're not funded. This isn't some kind of professional thing. And I'm like, yeah, just been doing it a couple of hours a day. She's like, wow, that's, you know, it doesn't seem like that. So, so that's all, all of that just made me think, wow, if we actually had, enough money <laughs> if we had enough money to spend on marketing and to pay ourselves we could we could go like a house on fire on this thing oh that's so. that's awesome i'm well aren't you glad you didn't give up on it about a year and a half ago remember when you were about to you're about to yeah. cut bait <laughs> yeah well actually it's, it's interesting you mentioned that because that was a, that was a podcast with gabriel weinberg right it was it was yes it was a panel show with gabe and phil amen and uh we went around and we I guess the three of and the three of us kind of read you the riot act a little bit, basically, yeah. you know, explaining why we understood why <laughs> Georgie was frustrated, and then we also <laughs> said that she, you know she has a right to be unless you decide to 
turns into something and that you, and not only that but that you should because you you've gotten the hard part and that you've gotten your initial 500 700 a month so you can make money at it and so that that conversation i think helped you decide to just push forward and go another go, go another round with yeah it, right? it made a big difference and the reason why i say it's it's awesome that you bring that up is because i, I booked 15 minutes office hours with gabriel weinberg Oh, and oh. I just asked him the question on on Monday. I just said, "Look, do you think it would be crazy to try and get investment for Plugio?" And he was like, "No, it wouldn't. Not at all. It like it seems like a sensible thing to do." So that that's Gabriel kind of been pretty instrumental in Plugio there twice. <laughs> that's funny. Well, <laughs> Gabe is a very smart and sensible guy. I mean, if you just mm-hmm. asked Gabe what to do and just did it, you'd probably be. <laughs> in good shape <laughs> just Gabe yeah. what should I have for breakfast today Gabe what what movie should I see tonight I mean just just let him tell you he'll, you'll be good you'll be good to go <laughs> so he should he should do that on Duck Duck Go have like an Ask Gabe it should be, like, like a magic eight ball it should be Duck Duck Do <laughs> Duck Duck Do <laughs> right just do this yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. I mean, you know, if 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 Gabe gives the uh, gives the money raising a thumbs up, then uh, you know, hey, I, I give it thumbs up too because I think he's he knows, right? I mean, he's been yeah. an angel investor himself in a number of companies. He bootstrapped DuckDuckGo. Um, he sold company uh, before that made a lot of money. He's raised money with DuckDuckGo, um, you know, on his own terms. Yeah, uh, he. You know, as we as we talked in that second interview with him, as we talked about, he he didn't even fly to Silicon Valley for a lot of the interviews, which I think miffed some VCs, but they still invested anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which I love. That's my favorite. Yeah, that's stories. The the baby bouncing in the background, <laughs> the little bouncer <laughs> <laughs> on his knee. <laughs> He's like, you can just see like, over his shoulder, little baby's like, bang, bang. Yeah, but that's uh, that's great. So, so um, yeah. So so at the end of the discussion, I I, I said, look, um. This is probably completely outside the scope of this discussion, but you wouldn't have any idea how I could get started at like seeking that funding. And he's like, well, a lot of people are having success with AngelList. Just sign up there and do your pitch through that. You probably have some success. So I, you know, I've been looking at AngelList and it's, uh, that, that thing's pretty cool. It's really interesting. Yeah, well, it just kind of, it's like a like the debutante coming out ball or something. You, know? yeah. you just kind of say, okay, I'm on the market. I'm available. I'm, I'm yeah. in society or whatever, you know, so you do your little profile and you can probably go around to people you know who may have um, some reputation on the site to give you a recommendation or whatever. And um, those people, I mean, look, I'm not an expert on it. I've just been kind of looking around a little bit. And but from what I understand, if you get somebody who has some reputation or a certain number of followers to give you a recommendation or to follow you, they're sort of, they're, they have sort of like an activity stream and all the people who follow that person will then go, oh, so Gabe Weinberg is following Plugio. What the hell is Plugio? And you could have like, yeah. you could have 300 angels, uh, angel investors just suddenly start poking around the Plugio profile and checking it out and go, okay, what's the story with this thing? And then all of a sudden you might get some emails. So I think it probably would behoove you to sort of go through your mental Rolodex and try and think of people you've met and we've talked to who might have some standing on AngelList and reach out to them, see if they'll write your recommendation. Well, actually, I, that's, it's, it's awesome that you bring that up because that, okay. reminds me, that reminds me of something that happened this week. When I did start to set up my AngelList profile, I, um, there's this references section where you can invite people to be a reference. So I sent a, a, a request to Rob Walling, 
Ruben Gomez, Jeff Welpley, and you. <laughs> oh, right. Well, well you know, you, you, you sent it to me, and it was all screwed up at first because um, what happened? You, you, you were sending me a link, and the link was broken. Actually, it was weird, yeah. Um, AngelList's interface didn't work very well, so they, they added you as a founder initially rather than a reference. Right, okay. Well, it was funny because then it popped up this little, this little uh, like kind of dialogue box that says, hey, how do you know Justin or something? Yeah, and yeah. it was like it was like the size of like a, like 140 characters or something is what it looked like. It looked like just like oh, you know, we went to college together or something. You know, like that kind yeah. of answer they were expecting. And I said, oh, you know, yeah. we co-hosted a tech startup podcast for the last three years. Was kind of what I wrote. And then what was it? You and Jeff were complaining about my lame ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's Jeff's right. I've I've known Justin for you know for such, such a long time. He's a really good entrepreneur. He's going to really make this happen. You know, and that and that's the the sort of kind of thing that everyone else had written. But Jason was like, "I co-host texting with Justin." <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, but that's Meh. fair enough. <laughs> Meh. Meh, no, it's fair enough. Whatever. But that, no, but you you've re-edited it. Thank you very much, and you've put you put a very heartwarming thing. Yeah, on, I don't want to go the, over the top. I was gonna go. I was actually gonna be kind of funny about it. I was facetious. I was always gonna say Justin <laughs> has broken the laws of physics as he is a human <laughs> perpetual motion machine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I removed that because I wasn't sure you'd appreciate my uh, my humor on that. I, I don't. Know. I wouldn't have minded. That would have been funny. Yeah, I could, I'll, maybe I'll add that. Maybe I'll add that back because I thought that'd be kind of funny. Like broken the laws of physics. What the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so um, well, that's cool. Oh, all right. Well, let's yeah. So post- yeah, just just totally beginning to get into that. Um, obviously, need to put together a a deck, um, an a, a investor's deck, and. Uh, Oh, that sounds like fun. Jeez. Yeah, I don't want to put. I don't want to spend so much time that I stop working on plug But I'll probably put like twenty five percent of my time into this over the next two weeks. Mm, okay, get something going. Well, what about? Yeah. Um, I'm thinking we're blanking on uh, Jason Cohen. Yeah, I, I may do. I, I may um, see. Yeah, interesting. Um, I think I don't know whether Jason Cohen is good because. He, I think he's somehow involved with Buffer, and I think that they're basically a competitor. So I don't know whether uh, he would be on to right. that. What about Heat and Shaw? Same thing. I think all these guys, the Buffer has basically managed to get all these guys involved in one way or another. I see. Well, I guess it's one of the benefits of going sort of mainstream Silicon Valley and raising money is you get all these sort of advisors and friends of the company, and yeah. people have 100,000 Twitter followers and stuff start helping you out. So. Well, one one thing I want to say is if you are if you are on Angel List Angel dot co um, in any capacity, send send an email to podcastdetectinglive dot com so that I can uh, request you as a reference. If you'll if you'll have me, if you'll be a reference, I'd love to uh, I'd love to request you as a reference on the, the um, Angel List because I think it'd be interesting and look kind of cool to have a bunch of uh, texting references on there. So yeah, that's good. That's cool. Yeah. So anyway, enough about me. All what right. about you? Well, so, well, I just ended up spending a few days with Guyon and his family as they were in town. So yeah. Guyon lives in uh, Oslo, Norway, mm-hmm. and they, they decided to stomp over in L.A. for a few days on their way to New Zealand, which is where uh, Guyon grew up. And uh, so we spent a few days together. It was a lot of fun. Um, you know, one thing that was funny, though, it, they, they had a, their, their plan was to go to yeah. Disneyland one of the days. And I oh, they didn't. They didn't go. No, no. They, so they, that was their plan to go on t- 
Tuesday. So they got here on Monday. We hung out on Monday and then went down to La Brea Tar Pits and, you know, went out and did some stuff and uh, hung out at the pool, that kind of stuff. And then he's like, he's like, yeah, we're going to go to Disneyland tomorrow. And I, Sandy and I were like, yeah, I don't think we're. <laughs> We're down with that because our kids are a little younger and you know, these things when you go to Disneyland, like the big kids want to do certain things that little kids yeah, can't yeah. do. And it would just be the kind of thing where they would, would be like, we, we would keep saying, okay, well, tell you what, we'll meet you up in an hour and a half at such and such location. And it would just be like a logistical pain. And plus, Sandy and I weren't really excited about the idea because it's just, it costs like a, it costs a fortune. It costs like 80 or 90 bucks for one day per kid. And, yeah. and then, so for five times, so five of us, and then you spend all day, you got to drive all the way down there and then get a, and the lines are a nightmare. And I, I've just heard that it's just a nightmare and I've just been not looking forward to it. So I warned him, I'm like, are you sure you want to go down there? I mean, I'm not, I think it's one of those things that sounds like it's a lot more fun than it actually turns out to be. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happened. They, yeah, they went, it's, they went down there, yeah, no, keep going. they went down there and I think they rode two rides. Both rides were like 45 minutes to an hour in the lines, and they were like three minutes oh. each, the rides. And it was wow. super hot. The kids just got really overheated and really frustrated, and they just, just said they just bailed. <laughs> Sandy said she saw on Facebook that uh, Louise uh, Gowan's wife had posted some photos or fo- posted some comments like, we're out of here. Disneyland was a bust. Did they do um, the, the Haunted Mansion? I don't think so. I think they just did some outside stuff, some big rides. So, oh, wow. so they came back, and the next day, the one I had been recommending to them is, I, is that we go down to Santa Monica Pier. Um, cause, so Santa Monica Pier has a big like kind of carnival. They have like a roller coaster and a Ferris wheel and, you know, maybe a, it's eight, or, eight or nine rides. I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, there's no wait. Like, you wait like five minutes for a ride, seven minutes maybe. Yeah, but it's also just a beautiful area down there as well. Yeah, so it worked out great because it costs like nothing. It's like $20 per person or something like that. And then you kind of do a bunch of rides and then have lunch or whatever. And then we went down to the ocean and around the pool. So that was really cool. So it was nice. It was, it was, uh, it was fun. So um, that's what I've been doing. That's what we did yesterday, um, which I felt, you know, which is, you know, as a consultant, you're always like, oh, God, I got to get back. I to get to work, you know, <laughs> because it's like I don't get like paid vacation, right? Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of oh my hours, so I'm uh, I was getting back at night, like all right, I gotta get get back to work and uh, and everything. But um, it was fun, man, going to the beach. It's always a good time. I heard that Knott's Berry Farm was the one that the locals think is the really hot hot shit. I don't want to say that word, but I can't think of a better one. Um, I don't. Is that true? I don't know. I've never been there. I I have a feeling any of these big places like Legoland and Disneyland and. Uh, what's it? Great Six Flags, that kind of stuff. They're all gonna have tons of people in big lines. I, I think, like the reason that um, the reason that Santa Monica Pier works out so well is because it's so small that no one would really think of it to go, hey, let's go do the rides at Santa Monica Pier. It just turns out like if you're there, like, oh wow, they got a roller coaster here. <laughs> and so did you? Did you? You all went to Santa Monica Pier, like the whole family, like with Sandy and the kids as well. All ten of us, yeah, yeah. Oh, we did all that awesome. stuff, yeah. So it was. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's a good time. Um, and I'm going back to Santa Monica tomorrow, actually, of all things. Oh. So we're there. For what? For, for business or for pleasure? Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, so I get a call. I'm on the beach, and, um, and I get a call from uh, Pat Maddox. Um, do you remember? Uh, anyway, we, I've talked about Pat, right? Yeah, you've mentioned him quite a He's few times. He's a big yet. Rails, small talk, test-driven development guru. Um, he does a lot of consulting and, and stuff. And he used to live in Pasadena um, not too long ago. We used to often but i hadn't seen him in a while and he's like hey 
I'm doing open office hours tomorrow at Coloft, which is like these co-working spaces in Santa Monica. It's mm-hmm. pretty big. They host a lot of these startup events, and uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a pretty big center of gravity for the startup world in Santa Monica. And Santa Monica is where most of the startup activity happens, I think, in the whole LA area. So, Fleet, is that where we went to that one time? No, I don't think that was that was like DocStock was the company that was hosting okay. it. But it's right in that area. So like if you were going to move to LA and you're like, I want to do startups or I want to work for a startup or I want to get involved in it, you, you, I would say move to Santa Monica because that's where everything happens. That's like living in you know San Francisco or Palo Alto or something. I mean, there's a l- lot of stuff going on right in that area. And uh, so anyway, Pat asked me to, to, to do it with him so that we will just sit in a room and there'll be like, you know, I don't know, half a dozen 45-minute sessions. People will come in and they'll have their startup that they're working on or they want to start or whatever. And they're going to ask us about like, you know, what, what we would suggest technology wise. Hmm. So it'll be awesome. So it'll be kind of interesting because we complement each other. I mean, we have different types of backgrounds. Obviously I don't know small talk or rails or that kind of st- stuff that he does. And, you know, I know things like node and .NET and PHP and stuff. So the combination, Yeah, I bet, I bet that node experience is going to come out a lot tomorrow. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be, I, I wonder what the talk will be like. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be companies that are already have stuff going and they're trying to go to the next level or they're trying to scale things in some way or do some cool new trick and they don't not sure how to do it. Or if it's just like, you know, more like business founder types who are like, hey, I have no idea how to build this and the kind of people we should hire. Who, how, how would we do it? I, I really don't know. It'll be interesting. And so how's things going with Uber? Oh, and what I was going to say is we're just going to head out there in the afternoon. So we're going to be out there at like a one thirty. So I'm going to spend the first half of the day working and then I'm going to, you know, shoot out there and we'll grab some. Okay. And if there's, I guess it'll probably be too late. I was going to say if there's any texting listeners that live in the area, we're going to hang out and grab dinner. That will definitely be too late. But why don't you put it, why don't you put it out on Google Plus and, uh, and that? Yeah, I did. I, I didn't ask about the dinner thing, but um, we'll see if anyone comments on it. Um, I don't know how many, okay. I don't know how many People live in the LA area who um, are like on my Google Plus list. Be int- I don't know, hmm. but I don't know. So, what, so were you asking, asking about Uber? Uber, yeah, it's good. Uber, What's the deal? Uber's good. You know, one of the things that's kind of interesting is so this a lot of stuff that I work on. I work on two major pieces now. I work on the uh, the dispatching system, sort of the real time brain of the system, and yeah. the Godview, which is like the air traffic control. You, um, sort of a web interface it's sort of real it updates in real time and and you see all the cars the drivers and clients around and you can move around and look at different cities and whatever so the stuff that i do on uh for the dispatching system it's it's kind of funny because you do stuff but you got to be very careful and roll things out because yeah. if there's ever a problem i mean it's not like i mean everything is in memory right and so if you if you if you, if you bring things up i mean it screws things up i mean people it's not just somebody's web page won't look right it's like they're on a ride and all of a sudden they the the phones for both the driver and the client are all screwed up and people don't know what's going on and it's just a nightmare so you gotta be very careful and okay. so what that all ultimately means that you build a lot of stuff and it takes a while for the stuff to get rolled out and be deployed yeah because it just has to be tested so deeply test and tested and then you're waiting for good opportunities to roll new stuff out and sometimes stuff depends on other things everything has to kind of move in lockstep, <laughs> you know, some stuff that I did with some caching stuff. I was like, okay, well, we got to move out these connection nodes and then we move out the dispatch servers and then we got to move out new God views and all this stuff has to work together. So I write, I like that lockstep. Did you make that up? No, no, that's a, that's a term, but, yeah, uh, it's a good term, but 
yeah. Anyway, it's it's sort of funny because I'll write stuff and they're like, okay, well, we're deploying your we're deploying your um, your Godview caching stuff. I'm like, dude, I wrote that like three months ago. It's still <laughs> not in production. Wow. That's like, like so old. That's old news. Yeah, I mean, it's like, but there's a lot of stuff like that. You know, they'll, they'll be talking to DevOps guys and they're like, yeah, so we're rolling this out. And like, well, how does this work? And I'm like, well, let me think about it. I mean, you know, it's like I wrote that in like February or something. You know, I have to kind of get my head back into the code. But um, I don't know. Stuff's going well. I'm going to fly up there cool. in a couple weeks, a week after next for a few days and kind of reconnect with everybody and work on some some other caching stuff. Um, we have... um. <clears throat> We have our, the whole API is written in Python, and it's monstrous. Yeah. I mean, it's huge the amount of things that it does. And we're, we're writing some of this, like what they call like the mini API, so that if the real API goes down, this thing can handle the essentials of what the dispatching system will need done. And so yeah. they can continue to run even if the API servers are yeah done. So that's kind of cool. So that's one of the things I think we're going to work on when I'm up there. Sweet. That's good. And um, okay, so I also want to find out how any food is going. <laughs> yeah, so it's interesting. I got a, um, I got a, a, it was a Skype message today from um, Joanna Weeb, and she's like, she's like, hey, what's going on? She's like, uh, some uh, some guy, one of I, maybe one of the people who know her from Hacker, uh, what's it called, um, Copy Hackers, yeah. was trying to reserve. A session with her, and it was returning a 500 error when he tried to con- confirm it. All so right. I just went in. I couldn't reproduce it locally. I went in and and I and I reproduced it uh, on the live server. So I'm unfortunately having to to change some live code. And uh, yeah, we'll go back and I'll I'll figure out what the difference is. But I was. What was the problem? Uh, I think it's something to do with the email system. Something <sighs> to do with the email. Gosh, something small, but yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean, I'm almost done with it. So we're gonna okay, and then um. That's the last thing I'm finishing up is that email is just triple checking this stuff and then it's on the dashboard and you know things are, things are just moving a little slowly. I know we've been talking about it. I think people are probably doing mental arithmetic. They're like, wasn't this supposed to be done like a week and a half ago? And I would say, yes. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> but uh, it's not, it's, it, the thing is it's just been um, I think the combination of uh, Uber work and then I've just had uh, people in town. Yeah, you've had so many people over. Yeah, it's just it's just been eating up my time. It's eating up all my free time, and then I just had just been doing a lot of Uber work lately. So, it's just the this is one of the limitations and frustrations of bootstrapping. It's that you know you don't always have as much time to work on stuff as you'd like, and um, sometimes it, you know you move on along at a good pace. Maybe months it'll seem like you kind of have a good rhythm and you have a good pace, but other times. You know your consulting work. It just turns out to be real high priority. There's a lot of fires to put out, and uh, you just uh, you know. And then when you have a family, you just can't. You can't say, "Oh, well, I worked really hard this week, so all day Saturday I work on this thing." It's like, well, you got three little kids who are looking at you like, "Hey, daddy, daddy, we're we gonna go to the park, dad. Are we gonna go swimming, dad? Are we gonna do the movie?" And you're like, "Oh, yeah." And the answer is basically yes. <laughs> you know, it needs to be yes. Something has to give. Most of the time, the answer needs to be yes as much as possible. So I don't know. Um, not to blame yeah. it on my kids, but. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, so so what what is there actually left to do before we start getting into the marketing of it? Need to fix. Well, this last little fix, I'll have this done after I get after we get off the phone, um, or at least after dinner at the latest. I'll finish this fix. I promised Joanna I'd have it done by the day, so he, she could get that session going. Then um, I just need probably another hour of testing, maybe two hours tops of testing for the. Um, the email system 
Yeah. And then it's just dashboard work. And I'm not sure how much work that is. I'm guessing in like the four to eight hour range. I mean, it's really just like an afternoon. Um, and may, hopefully I could just do it this weekend. I'd like to sit down on Saturday and then just crank through it. And maybe I can get Sandy to take the kids somewhere like hike. She takes them hiking a lot. And I'll say, just take them hiking all Saturday morning so I don't have to feel guilty about working. And let me just get this thing done. Yeah. One question. Have you ever considered like writing a test harness for something like that? So it, because it, you have to spend an hour testing anyway. What, w- would there be any benefit in writing a test harness that could be run that was like testing little discrete units of uh, code functionality? Yeah, so some things I think are, te- are really amenable to tests, but some things are kind of hard, like emails. Like, well, what happens if like the email, how can you test whether email looks wrong? Like, because like a, a, a dollar amount is formatted incorrectly or there's too, yeah. lines, there's too many line spaces between things or there's a, or there's a grammar looks weird because it's in plural it's actually there's a it's a it's it's phrased as if the number was plural but it's singular or something and it's just weird stuff right i mean yeah. how the hell you would write a test for that and but i think what you could do maybe is you could write something that that goes through and generates all of the um actions and so you just get a flurry of every combination of email and you just look through them all one by one but that really wouldn't save that much time. It'd save a few clicks and logins here. Yeah, I don't know. okay. I don't know. I mean, it may work. I mean, but it's not that big a deal. Really, none of, none of the Anyfoo work is taking time because because the work takes time. It's because the rest of life is taking the time. Yeah. That's unfortunately the problem. It's not... So it just It's real slow. Well, what... I mean, I, dare, I don't know if I should ask, but is there anything that I need to do? I think... Or am I up to date? I, I, you know... I'm going to try and get this stuff done by the time you get out here. And then you'll be out here on the 5th of July. Yeah. And then we'll just read. I think you're good for now. I, I had one okay. thing I was going to ask you to do, and I can't remember what it is. So I don't know. Probably isn't important. If I can think about it, okay. I'll, I'll ask. Cool. But um, yeah, then we'll get to marketing. Because really, really right now, it's like we, have to, we really have to just get a bunch of experts in and do the marketing. And that's, that's it. And and then and then um, the only coding we can do is just an, is improving some of the um, user journey stuff, which we've we've kind of have about like a dozen, pretty much small things to do that would improve the process that we've we've already discussed that we've gotten a lot of feedback on, and um, those are the kind of fun things to do, I think. So how about M hole <laughs> and App Ignite? M hole. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so App Ignite actually haven't done. It's for the same reason I haven't done much on App Ignite because um, I had some consult another uh, an, a client of mine from a couple years ago needed some work done and I passed it on to Guyon and uh, okay. he could use the work. So um, as in a to I mean with his big trip to New Zealand and everything. So I, I passed it on with him. So he's been a little busy. So there hasn't been much progress on, on App Ignite last couple weeks. Memory hole. There has been no progress in memory hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the, how about the child, um, the child, oh, what's it called? Um, the math Institute, math, maths and science institute. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's one of the things I keep thinking about a lot. I'm, I think what I'm going to do is two things. The first is I've been sort of saving up my ideas and links to write like a sort of a, I don't know, one, you know, two or three page explanation of what, what it is that I want to try and do. Um, 
And then, uh, and I think after that, I'm going to use this year to get something going at a small level because the key is, I think, to getting people to believe in you is to do, make some progress on your own. So it's like you could go and start a big Kickstarter project, say, we're going to reinvent math and science education and, and we're going to do all these huge things. And people are like, yeah, well, who are you and what have you done? And you're just talking out your your a-hole, right? Like, right. I mean, it's like, you know, I don't have a PhD in education. I don't, you know, I haven't, what haven't spent 15 years teaching kids or doing things. So like, who am I to say anything like that? Right. I'm just mm-hmm. talking now. What I think the thing to do would be to work with Colby's school. So he's a, you know, he goes to public school, which is just two blocks down the street. And I was going to talk to the uh, principal and say, what if, I, along with one or two other parents, um, started a uh, maybe like a maybe a little thing we did every other week. So like every other Tuesday from four to six or something, and then maybe once a week, once on a weekend for half a day or something. Saturdays from you know twelve to five, we do um, things like ro- Mindstorm robots, or we do you know we, do, we start doing some introductory programming like Python or something, um, or we do some electronic circuits. I like come up with some like three or four really cool projects. And that we try and build through those for the year. And then maybe we do like enter like this first robotics competition or something. But that would create like a sort of like a proof of concept um, that would show that we can actually get something going. And mm-hmm. if, if we said, all right, let's just do it. Let's limit it to third, fourth, and fifth graders. Because Colby be in third grade. And I think, you, uh, you know, kind of keep the third through fifth grader range would be a good range to start with. And get the kids that are in the, uh, are in the gate program. And so I'll, I'll throw it out. I'll, I'll present it to her and say, hey, what if we just do the gate kits? And if we have a little more room, then we'll, we'll gate. And for people who don't know, gate is gifted and talented. So, yeah. you know, there might be five or six kids per grade. Um, each grade has, I don't know, three classes, maybe 150 kids. So I don't know. So maybe you're talking, um, you know, 15 kids or something. And maybe yeah. open it up and say, if there are any other kids that teachers think aren't, didn't, didn't, didn't um weren't um didn't pass the test to get into gate but are really kind of into this kind of stuff and I think would be a good fit then the more than welcome that kind of thing and yeah. uh, I already talked to as I mentioned in the show a, 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 the mother of one of the kids that was on Colby's baseball team um she's uh, teaches astrophysics at um at UC Riverside she's an astrophysics yeah. Well, and awesome. uh, she's super. So when I told her about this, she was just she was finishing my sentences for me. She was just like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We should do, you know, she's like, all oh, next year I'll have a great, my teaching load will be perfect for this. I would just, so she, she was totally down. I totally had a partner in crime with her. <laughs> so, okay. That's cool. And so um, I think what we could do is just get that going next year, start something small. And uh, one last thing I'll say about it is that I, um, I talked to, uh, I talked to the principal a few years ago and we took like a walkthrough, like when you're, these public schools, you can do like a, you can sign up as a parent and say, you know, I want to get a walk through the school, decide if you want, if you want your kid to go there, that kind of thing. They give you a little tour. Yeah. And the principal was there and it was giving the tour. And I asked her a little bit about, you know, if I wanted to volunteer to teach programming and stuff like that. And she's like, oh my God, that would be unbelievable if you did something like that. We would love that. Absolutely. So she was, she seemed like the kind of person to be incredibly receptive to that. Wow, and since, fantastic! And since Corinne's already on the PTA, <laughs> and and our both our kids are in gate, we could just kind of walk in and say, "Okay, this is what we're going to do. All we need is a classroom, <laughs> and you know, let's inform all the gate 
kids that this will want to try and do. And maybe we'll do like an information night and try and get all the parents together and see if we can get like a crew of like somewhere between six and 12 or 15 kids and go from there. That's awesome. And then if you get a full first year of success like that, like you actually can do some cool stuff, you know, actually show here the results. This is what we built. This is what these kids do, did. And it was some pretty impressive. Then you could say, okay, let's go to the next level and maybe get other schools in our, in the Pasadena area involved, go a little, go maybe raise money or start a nonprofit or go on another level. All right. Well, well, moving on, how is your synthetic bio- biology stuff going? Well, we just did an interview today with Omri Drory. And actually, it's Omri. Omri? Yeah. Omri? I, geez, I can't pronounce it. Omri. Omri, yeah. So um, one thing I wanted to uh, say about it is, you know, normally we like to space out our interviews. So if if we're doing, we wouldn't want to do two interviews on high frequency trading back to back or something, or two right. interviews with mobile developing developers back to back, just to keep, just to make sure things are varied and we don't like kind of overdo it. But it just happened that the way things worked out logistics wise or schedule wise, that we had back to back interviews in synthetic biology. So I'm hoping people will be okay with it because um, I know synthetic biology isn't in like the core of our. <laughs> of what we do <laughs> of what we tend to talk about well it's okay because that that's that was a big part of why we did this discussion show right so that we wouldn't be putting them out back to back totally back to back there'll be a, there'll be a discussion show yeah this is the buffer, <laughs> the buffer. <laughs> putting a buffer in between it yeah so and the reason that happened is so i initially i initially uh emailed kahal about being on the show and it went two weeks went by and i never i didn't hear anything back and actually, I didn't email him. I, I replied. I sent like a message through his blog. Like that was the only way I could, I could find to get in touch with him. Yeah. He never got back to me. So I figured, okay, well, he doesn't really want to. He's either not interested, doesn't have the time, or both. <laughs> so, um, and then I said, all right, well, I'm going to find somebody else. And so then I, I stumbled across a genome compiler. And I was like, oh, man, this would be cool because this guy is actually creating a company around this, a genome compiler. You know, it's like the <laughs> or AutoCAD yeah. of synthetic biology. I mean, that's yeah. badass, right? And so I emailed him. And like the next day, he's like, yeah, absolutely. And so we set it up. And then you were like, you were like, wait, I can't do it. I think you told me you couldn't do it on a Tuesday. For some reason, right? Yeah, and so I was like, "Oh crap!" So then I had to change him up to a Thursday, and you know, we don't like to do that to guests. You always feel like when you're, we're bumping them around, it makes us seem like amateurs. Not that it doesn't happen every once in a while, but you don't like to do it if you don't have to. But yeah. we did it, and then when Carl got back to me, he said, "All right, well," I, he's like, "Yeah, I love to do it. Sounds great. It sounds like a lot of fun. I'll be on your show." And I'm like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <laughs> Now what? Because you want Carl on first because Carl is like your like point person on the whole field right yeah it's the intro guy he's the guy who's like this is what biohacking is this is synthetic biology this is why it's cool and then you go and you might later on talk to someone like um omri or somebody else who's doing doing something in that field but i don't know the way it all worked out it just we had we jammed calls in like a, a week before and then it was like i don't, i didn't want to have to go back to omri and say you know what let's push yours out like a month <laughs> no, just, yeah no that's okay i think it's fine listen you've you've done enough explaining you i think it's completely justified just saying, i'm trying and people i'm trying <laughs> you know you're really interested in it you know what i'm i'm slacking i need to get someone i need to get someone on the show and i will um i'll do that but obviously it's going to be difficult for me to do that in the next week 
But um, certainly within the next two weeks, I'll get another bootstrapping person on the show or someone in. Um, you should get at the very. Who, who, who? You should get someone from AngelList. AngelList. Some, what? Someone who's actually made money through Angel? Yeah, I should. I should get someone who's actually basically received investment through AngelList, shouldn't I? Or we could maybe get Nivion from uh, AngelList, one of the founders of uh, AngelList. Oh, okay. So you want to? You really want to go for the bit? Well, because it'd be interesting to hear from the two two perspectives. Like, how do you get investment through AngelList and someone who's actually done it, and then also from the people who own it? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That might be something because, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. I guess someone wrote, an, someone wrote, I think David wrote a comment about this, about how the kind of different tax we're taking in terms of our interview guests. <laughs> and not that there's a huge sample to make generalizations, but I think this is probably what's going to happen. You're nuts and bolts interviews. I'm like research and development. <laughs> I'm like blue sky. You know what would be cool? <laughs> like, and you're like, okay. I know you're like, well, I guess was the, was the analogy the other day. It's like, I'm trying to figure out how to make this car fly. And you're like, just like, dude, let's just get the car out of the garage. If we can get this car yeah. out of the garage, I'll be happy <laughs> driving down the street in first gear. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool and all, but I'm totally interested in getting this car to fly someday. You're trying to do the back to the future car with like a fusion reactor on the roof. Yeah. The flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, no. Don't you remember in the, in the very last back to the future, he like gets a banana skin and puts it into his nuclear reactor. Oh, right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> he, yeah. Oh, well, speaking of that, I have, um, you know, who I'm going to get on the show. I've I, a friend of mine, uh, actually a very good friend of mine, Peter Stone, who, um, he's a, uh, I think he's either associate or maybe a full professor of machine learning at, uh, UT Austin. Yeah. Well, his team, um, Austin Villa, <laughs> so his, his RoboCup team, won both the 3D simulation and I think the full, full robot division at RoboCup and this year. Have I ever spoken to him? I mean, well, this seems so familiar. I've, you've definitely mentioned this before. Yeah, I've mentioned, I've mentioned Peter to you before. Yeah, I've, okay. I've mentioned the RoboCup stuff to you before. But, um, and I've mentioned that I'd like to get him on the show, but I saw on Google Plus that they just won these two big divisions. That's awesome, and um, and that he's won it before, uh, at least the simulation division, but never. I don't think they've ever won the large robot or something. So yeah. I, I congratulated him. I'm like, you know, all right, we got to get you on the show. And so um, he was. Yeah, that sounds like a good one. Yeah, I think I think our um, I think our listeners would eat that one up because, you know, we talk about because he specializes in what's called um, multi agent uh, machine learning. You know, so yeah. you have all these independent agents trying to figure out, you know, how to optimize and solve some problem with sort of sometimes minimal communication between them. And uh, he's been incredibly successful. He was also one of the people who I think really helped start uh, get the RoboCup going, which has since gone on to become a very big deal worldwide in the machine learning world. And of course, he's dominated. I mean, he's been like the, you know, the um, Boston Celtics or New York, you know, of Robo of uh, RoboCup or something. You know, just. <laughs> just a, a dynasty. So, um, and of course, he's a good friend of mine. So we have a history together. I mean, we went to um, college at University of Chicago together, and we played we played on the soccer team together. That's why he's you know he's a soccer nut. That's why when he told me that he was going to go on, I remember when I first moved out to California in the summer of '94, when Phil and I came out to start um, our company. We it turned out that Peter was he was doing his PhD. He was in the PhD program at Carnegie Mellon. <laughs> And he, um, 
he had a, a summer internship at JPL, uh, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, which is just yeah. uh, a couple miles from my house, and uh, and, and from from old Pasadena. And uh, I don't know how I found out he was out here, and we ended up hanging out. And he was like, I think we we're having dinner one night or something. He's like, Yeah, I'm doing my dissertation on robo soccer. <laughs> what? Awesome. Robo soccer. <laughs> so you and your friends are involved in soccer in one way or another. Yeah. Well, he's Peter has always been kind of a soccer soccer nut. You know, I mean, there's I have a lot of friends like that. I mean, they are just soccer. They this they. You know, they're like, oh, are you watching Euro Cup? Or you watch, do you see what happened this national game? Or you see what's going on in the Champions League? And I'm like, no, not really. They're like, what? You know. That's- do, you, do you think Colby would be into Robo Soccer? Probably would. Anything, Robot. I mean, you'd, you'd have him at Robo. You go, hey, Colby, you want to do Robo? He's like, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Colby, do you want to build? Yes. Yeah, I do, actually. <laughs> I don't really, they don't really sell him very hard on that. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, which is funny, speaking of that, you know, I've been trying to teach Colby. I've just started getting into teaching him about uh, electronics. Yeah. And I t- I, it's funny. I, I was telling Sandy about it. I, I, I wanted to order a bunch of electronics, and I was saying, okay, I'm buying some with Amazon, and I was telling her, okay, so should we order this through your Amazon Prime account or whatever? And she was like, yeah, okay. And she was kind of um, cool on the idea. Like, I could tell she wasn't, she wasn't real enthusiastic like oh it's gonna be so neat what you guys are gonna do i'm really excited to see what you guys do and i was like what you don't what do you you don't relate into it she's like nah really i'm like why she's like i don't know she's like i just don't think he's gonna i think he's gonna lose interest quickly and Hmm. so far that hasn't been the case at all it's like he's like dad can we do circus today dad can we do circus today (laughs) you wake up at six in the morning and he's already at the breadboard trying to like you know get stuff in i'm like Colby, we don't even have the batteries, you know, connector yet. I mean, it's not going to work. So <laughs> he's um he's super fired up about doing it. And what I did is, so he's had one of these Snap Electronics kits. Yeah. You see, they had kids. They have these kits where it's kind of like they have the sort of prefab parts, and they'll have like you know a hundred different projects, and like build the buzzer circuit, and then you just kind of follow the the diagram. Yeah. Um, and I think that stuff's okay, but. In the end, you're not going to learn how to build a circuit on your own by following directions of that, right? Yeah, but, but, some, but it's good to – you could start that way, and then you start hacking it. Right, I guess, but it's, it's very limited. I mean, it's just, it's just not teaching you what's going on. You don't really know too, yeah, too right. deep what's going on, and it's really just you follow directions. And so I, I'm, I'm sort of like – I think that's okay, fine, starting point, but I wanted to te- get Colby to the point where we can take – we can come up with an idea of what we want, and then we can just make it happen because we understand how the resistors and capacitors and transistors and diodes and everything work. Just like you know how variables and loops and conditionals and functions work, so you can just imagine what your program is that you want, and then you can just say, all right, let's, we know the primitives. Let's just string it together and make it do what we want. Yeah. But if you don't know what the primitives do, <clears throat> if you don't know what an if-then-else does or a switch statement does or what a variable is, then you can't do anything. You're just typing stuff in. Yeah. And I feel like that's what these, these, some of these kits are like. So I feel like the thing to do would be to buy a lot of the real stuff. Like, so I ordered, you know, breadboard and, and, and just, you had to buy things like, like a 
lots of like 200s. They're like 300 or 500 resistors, and like 500 <laughs> capacitors. I was only like 10 bucks, but it's like I, you know, it was like as outfitting a, a, like an electronic shop or something. So have you made anything? I mean, like built a little crystal radio or something? No, I just, we just got the last couple pieces today. And, and, and you know, Colby's been chomping at the bit. And I said, Colby, just, like, just go ahead and put together the multimeter. <laughs> just go play. The, you're trying to keep him busy. I'm like, I got I to gotta go work. So um, we're going to um, start going through this. But I've already explained to him a lot of the, you know, of the very basics. I mean, he knows. What, What's the first thing you're going to build? Um, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go through some of these simple projects step by step and understand, okay, w- you know, like what was the first one? It was some kind of just like lighting up some diodes using, you know, just a resistor and the battery and a switch. And then just say, okay, yeah. well, what if we add on more resistors or we want to add on more diodes? And, you know, just understanding how to use a breadboard, like how do you connect things up the right way? And, and then based on the things that I've explained to him about current and voltage and resistance, and if we use different size resistors and we, compare, we connect them in series or parallel, and then we have, you know, how does that affect how the diodes light up and, you know, just kind of just experiment, right? Just like try stuff. I'm like, yeah. it doesn't work. Well, that doesn't work. So you just like experiment with the primitives and then we'll go on and, and build more and more complicated stuff. But I really want him to understand and feel like he can try lots of stuff and that it's not like a cookie cutter, just follow the steps and do it. And uh, yeah, you know, like use the multimeter. Okay, well, what's our current? Well, okay, well, this says it can only do a quarter watt. So working backwards, how much resistance do we need off this voltage? Okay, you know, so he's got to be able to do all that. And at first, he'll be my like he'll be like the other night. I was like, okay, well, fine. Look at this resistor. Look at the color bands on it. What's the resistance? And he was doing all the calculations: first digit, second digit, multiplier. And he's like, all right, well, that's two hundred and fifty. Um, I was like, good, all right. You know, and then then we'll switch places, and then he'll do it, and I'll be his assistant. <laughs> you know, like, that's awesome. All right, what resistor do you need? You know, so um, I'm really excited about it. I mean, he's very nice. It's fine. Um, so, do you have any uh, links or anything like that that you wanted to bring up? I don't know. I have a couple more things I'd like to talk about. Yeah, sure. I mean, go for it. No, if I have what's that, what when how long you got? I don't know. Let's just talking to her out of stuff i don't think we have to do you have to go in the next few minutes or anything? i've probably got like a t- I, I would say 20 minutes max that's fine that's fine uh, yeah. then i'm gonna he- i'm gonna head off to the gym so okay. um one thing i say so i'm back on google plus writing a lot oh really i've been writing a lot i've been thinking i'm doing some pretty good stuff so okay. if you're on google plus definitely is anyone using google plus yeah you know people come and go i mean there are people who are on there i could tell around there a lot and uh, then you could tell there are people who go to, who disappear for a few weeks, and then they'll come, or a month or two, and then they'll come back. Why do you think it didn't take off? Well, I I think it has taken off to some degree. I mean, I don't know. I mean, do you see the same thing with Twitter? I mean, people are active for a while, and then they kind of disappear a okay. bit. I guess. I mean, I don't know. Um, it doesn't seem to be like really exciting people virally. Hmm. I don't know. Like, tw- I mean, Twitter seems to be virally exciting people and growing and growing and growing and just exponentially hockey stick growth. Whereas, I mean, obviously Google's going to get, be able to get a lot of people there in the first place, but it doesn't seem to be, Oh yeah, yeah let's, let's use Google plus. Oh, right. Awesome. Awesome. Like people don't seem excited about it. I don't know. I think that's you saying that because that's your perspective. I think, yeah, you're probably right. And I, and I get, I think it's a, it's a, it's sort of a perspective that you want to be true because it work. It's like, it's like, ah, why does everybody hate Chinese food? 
It's like, dude, just because you eat Chinese food doesn't mean everybody hates Chinese food, right? It's like, I, you know, you, you don't use it. You, you're invested in Twitter. Plugio is, is built mostly on Twitter. I mean, it's a... Well, I, I'd love if, if Google Plus became bigger because then I would plug Plugio into it and then have another another platform to promote it through. So yeah. it'd be pretty I good think, for me. I think it's... I like it better because I don't like these... I, I, I just... When I look at Twitter, it's just a bunch of links or it's just a bunch of sort of meaningless comments. When I go yeah. to when I go to Google Plus, people put a little more thought into what they're saying. Because you know, not everybody writes a three paragraph essay or something, but you know, people people write at least a few sentences, put a little more context about things. It's it's easier to figure yeah. out what the hell's going on. Um, I, that's why I like it, and but that's and why I like to use it is because you know I don't have to just fit something into like you know twelve words or something. You know, it's like I, I can go on and, and actually write like. I write like kind of, kind of like. <laughs> Jason, well, you would never want to fit something into twelve words. I, I know. It's just, it's just not my, not my. Me- it's not your thing. Not, my- it's not your style. I, I could barely get hello in 140 characters. <laughs> but um, what I've been using it for is sort of like idea logging, idea development. So if there's just things that I've been thinking about, you know, half formed ideas or things that might become blog posts or might become something bigger, I can, I can sort of get it out there and just say, screw it, I'm just going to write like a paragraph about this, you know, and I'm not going to... Because you notice when you have something that you want to develop more fully, maybe either into a project or into a blog post that you want to submit to Hacker News and you want, you're hoping it'll go big, well, that's like a five to eight hour commitment, right? Mm. And But also, I love, to, I love to brain... I mean, anything new that I think of, I want to brainstorm with people. I want to bounce it off people. And uh, I can imagine that Google Plus is good for that. Yeah, I guess it's, it's well. It's nice to get some feedback, um, but it's le- for, I guess for me, it's less about I'm looking for for insight from people. Is is I'm looking for it. It forces me to 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 at least it get out of my head, right? You know, sometimes you write down an idea and then you don't have to think about it anymore. Is you yeah yeah trying to remember? You're exercising your demons. Exactly. I just got to get it out of my head because there's so many ideas that I got to get it out, and I feel like if I write it and some piece of paper or I put it in some like random text file that doesn't really do anything. If I just put it in Google Plus, it feels a little more real. And mm. then if people seem to respond to it, like there seem to be some it generates some enthusiasm, interest from people, then it's like, well maybe I should pursue this a little more. Like either write something bigger on it or do something more with it. You know? Mm. So that's why I like it. I and I think it, I think it works really well for that. And uh I don't know. I have um I have some big ones brewing like i have a couple big blog posts that i'm just dying to write but i just don't have time it's frustrating mm. so like i totally want to write the one about how i taught my brother uh calculus in two and a half hours <laughs> i think that'll be a fun blog post to write but i just don't know if i have the time so i might just have to write something small on google plus or something or yeah. or i could just write some small write the, the first draft like i did with there was the post with how why i quit um why I quit uh, algorithmic trading to do web startups. Yeah, but then that took off in its own right. Yeah, it took off in its own right. And then when I wrote a blog post about it, it really took off. So it was kind of like, it, it's sort of like a, um, it's like your minimum viable blog post. Yeah. You know, get it up there and whatever. So I don't know. Um, let's see, what else do I want to talk about? Oh, do you have some? Uh, what, I just had to, we did um, a marketing test that we did was to create an infographic. Like Kissmetrics do infographics. So we did this infographic about how much are you worth to Mark Zuckerberg and the value of Facebook over the last few years. Right. And I, I pushed it out to Hacker News and it went up there. And 
it it was on front page, went up to number twelve, and of course, Hacker News slap. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'm beginning to think it's actually just part of the algorithm. I think that um, they I, I don't know they they. Oh, there's actually, total, there's totally a hit because there's ones where I got up and it got to the middle page know. and then it went down to the fourth page instantaneously. I couldn't even find it. it took me like a couple minutes to find it. And like it's four good. or five pages. It's very strange. There's definitely people who have a lot of karma who are like moderators up there who can just bonk something because they don't like it. <laughs> totally. There's totally yeah. the bonk, a hacker news bonk. The bonk. Yeah. One thing I wrote a while back I thought was funny on, uh, on Google Plus was, here's the title, was Taskless Zero Expired, Inbox Zero Tired, Tabless Zero Wired. Do you remember the expired, tired, and wired from Wired? No. Do you, do you read <laughs> Wired Magazine? Um, I, I, have, I haven't been too, uh, too much into that, no. Ever? No. Really? Wow. So you've, you've heard about the web, right? Like, I, I've, I've heard about the web, but uh, I'm not too familiar with it. <laughs> well, they used to have this thing, like, this little thing was funny. They'd have, like, it, they have, like, two, three columns. The first one was expired, the second one was tired, and the third was wired. And they would have, like, you know, um, iPhone expired, Android you know, tired, and then have some new thing that come out wired, like it's the newest version, whatever. Oh, I see. Right, so that, right. I thought that was kind of cute, but uh, I didn't get a whole lot of love. I was like, what? Come on, that was good. And I, Because I, you're thinking too hard. I guess. Uh, yeah, Alfie and who else? Alfie and Guyon and Don Felker gave me, a th- gave me a plus, but I don't know. So anyway, it was funny. Uh, what I was thinking about is that I get cognitive overload with a lot of tabs open in my browser. Do you get that? Definitely. A hundred percent. Like even just a lot of stuff open on my computer, I try and keep as the absolute minimum possible open possible at all times. Yeah. So it was, it was sort of like what I was getting at is so the task list is like old school, right? Everybody have a, we have a bunch of to-do lists that on things that aren't done, you feel stressed. And then, and then the next thing that kind of came into our lives, so not only have this task list you have to worry about, you have this inbox, you have an inbox full of like, you know, 10 or 20 or 100 emails that you got to respond to. And you're just like, oh, my God, you know, it's oppressive, yeah. right? You feel, you feel mentally or emotionally oppressed by these, by these unread or, un, or to-do emails. Yeah. And then you have, now, now I have like these 20 tabs and I'm like, I got to figure out what to do with these tabs because they're sort of like, they're mental loops. They're like, that have to be closed. Like I have to either watch this video <laughs> or just get rid of this, screw it. Or I have to print this article out and read it and make some notes for the podcast or I got to just, or just kill it. I mean, they got to do something with it, right? Do you think you, you have OCPD? OCBD, what is that? OCPD, Obsessive Compulsive Personality Disorder. I'm a little OCD, I guess. <laughs> OCPD, I don't know where the hell it is. Yeah, a little bit. Not totally. I'm not debilitating, but I get, fr- I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit of, a, I'm a perfectionist, so I'm a little bit of a neat freak. I'm a little bit like, I like stuff to be ordered, but not, not to the nth degree. But, mm. but having, you know, it's just having a bunch of things undone, just asking for you to do something is, it's like it's pulling at you, right? It's like, yeah. oh, you just got to, oh, it just, uh, you know, this tab, I got to just do something with it, this task list. It just, ah. So anyway, yeah, I thought that was going. So here's another. So do you have a solution for it? Oh, you know, I think the thing is 
you try and it's just like a stitch in time a stitch in time saves nine yeah idea, which is just try not to let it grow too quickly deal with them as they go yeah. and then but yeah. the end, at the end of the day try and shut it down try and shut as yeah, if not all of them, almost all of them. Get it, close it. You don't want to wake up the next morning with thirty tabs. It's like drinking coffee the next yesterday's coffee in the morning. It's just stale. It's like, ugh. Like I was thinking about this all day yesterday. I'm just, I'm, I, my brain has to start in a fresh state. <laughs> you know? but, but I mean, with with email, you can do, you can basically just try and respond to emails really quickly, and then it never builds up. Yeah, but you don't. <laughs> I try. I notice because anytime their emails come to both of us that from the pod, from like the comments on the podcast or people any food stuff, you like you have like the twelve hour delay. You just you're just trying to shame me. I mean, like, look, we've discussed this before. <laughs> the simple fact is you are a nicer person than I am. So you respond to more emails in a more timely manner and in a nicer way. No, I think you just you just add on the Jason response time is X, and you add on N minutes to that on average. So on average, Jason will have to, you know I'm going to respond because it's going to drive me nuts. And if you just add on a buffer zone to that, a buffer time period, you're good. You're clear. Jason's yeah. got it. He's handled. I can move on. That's your strategy. It probably is. Right now, that's what it is. Jesus. Um, so, <laughs> so, you know, um, did you see that the um, EFF came out with their defend innovation move? Did you hear about that? Yeah, yeah. You did. You yeah, because you emailed me. You said, "Hey, check this out. This is just like my idea." Well, yeah, it was the what was it? Which was coined by um, Jamal Osman in our comments, which was the Innovation Freedom Foundation. The idea yeah. that we talked about. So it's cool. Someone's taken up. We don't have to do it. We can scratch that off our to do list. Yay! Oh, please God, someone deal with the helium three. <laughs> Helium three, somebody. So that's our other list. The the big, the giant projects that I want to do someday. List. That's yeah. They need to scratch that one off. Somebody do helium three. Um. Let's see. I got some of that. I'm just looking through my Google Plus things. I've been just throwing stuff up there. You know, I got one other. Well, I got I got a couple other ones. So I think we kind of good real quick. One okay. is um. Well, I'll pick the big one first. See how long this lasts. So. I was writing about, in part, about um, Jeff Dean, who um, he's like a Google fellow, and he's done a lot of stuff like Bigtable and MapReduce and protocol buffers, and he's done a lot of core stuff for what, like Google News and Google Translate. So he's like, yeah. a, he's like a big brain over there at Google. So a lot of that most, the coolest tech, he's either did the first version or was a part of it. And I actually went to high school with Jeff. Hmm. And he actually gave me my first programming lesson in Pascal. Oh, nice. Funny. So he was a junior, I think I remember. He was a junior or senior. It's hard. I'm, I'm, I'm a little foggy on this, but I think he was a junior. And I was a freshman. And our math teacher, um, who I've mentioned, uh, and I'll tell, talk about in a minute, asked Jeff to, to, give me a, to, to show me um, Borland Pascal. And so we went into the computer lab, the little high school computer lab of PC Juniors, and uh, did a little. He gave me a little lesson. He he was like typing so fast. I remember it was kind of like Star Trek. I remember when Scotty in the Star Trek movie, and he's yeah. they go back in time to the Earth, and he's typing so fast that the screens are just buzzing by, like nobody can see what's going on. It was it was that kind of thing. He was so fast, and I remember in high school he was actually doing work for the CDC, the Center for Disease Control, as a high school That's student. Nuts. 
was amazing. His, I guess his dad worked there, and so then he started to do some work. And so even, even at that young of age, he was, doing, he was doing big work for them and stayed on as a consultant. I think we'd come back and help when he was in college and stuff. Anyway, so I was talking about that, which I thought was, you know, my, that, my connection to Jeff is, is, is kind of interesting. So I'm actually going to try and get Jeff on the show. I, I emailed him about it before, and we just couldn't find a good time to do it, but maybe we can get him on sometime. The next that'd be awesome. Stuff. I mean, if, if you can make that happen, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, I'll, I'll give it another shot. Because um, we actually, I can't remember specifically, but I'm pretty sure that, so he was on, he, he, basketball wasn't his main thing. I mean, he was an okay player. I think he played on the JV, even though he was in the varsity, or he played, he didn't get a lot of playing time on varsity, so he'd play in some of the big JV games. And I What's was JV mean? junior varsity, not the main okay. team, the kind of the, the B team. Uh, the younger guy, younger guys playing, and I was a lot younger. I was like a freshman, so I'm playing on like a freshman team. So we would play together a little bit. Um, and it turns out that our math teacher, Steve Segur, was um, I've talked about him a little bit before. Like he was like the ultimate mentor. You know, he he was the one who got me to start teaching myself calculus when I was a freshman and stuff. Um, yeah, really interesting guy. So he went on, you know, after. I mean, I could go on and on about him, and I think I'm going to write a big blog post about him. He, he, he passed away about three or four, four years ago, and, yeah. which is really sad for me because he was like a second father to me. He used to, I, you know, I mean, he used to, because um, he was also my basketball coach. And <laughs> at the time, my mom had, had cancer, and my parents were divorced. And so my, my life was kind of in turmoil. And so yeah. he would, he kind of took me under his wing a little bit, kept me busy with all these like math and science computer projects and all this basketball stuff. So like, you know, he would take me home after basketball practices and things like that. So, you know, he was pretty important person for me, um, Hmm. to say the least. And anyway, he later went on to do a work on a book with John Conway, um, who's a big time mathematician out of uh, Princeton university. You may have heard of the game of life. You've heard of that. Yeah. Yeah, I have, yeah. So he's done a lot of stuff. He's kind of like these John von Neumann types. Like he's, he's, he's done, you know, these polymaths who's made impact in all these different areas. Well, the game of life is just one cute little thing he happened to come up with. And it turns out that actually my sophomore year science project was based on cellular automata, which is what game of life is. And so I did some work on the game of life. Well, which, which Steve had me do that project when I was in 10th grade. He's like, you should do a science project this year. Do it on cellular automata. I think you like it. And so that's what I did. Well, Steve went on to write a book, collaborate a book with John Conway. Hmm. I mean, this is a math teacher out of a high school in Atlanta, Georgia, is working on a math book from one of the top mathematicians in the world at Princeton University called The Triangle. He sounds like a very cool guy. Yeah, he was. So in the book was called The Triangle Book. Steve Segur was mentioned in an episode of Numbers. They, <laughs> did you, did you wow. believe that? They, they mentioned, they said something. I remember Charlie's girlfriend, I can't remember the, the character's name. She said, oh, yeah, that's the Triangle Book being written by John Conway and Steve Segur. <laughs> wow. Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. I was like, I had to rewind that. I'm like, did I just hear that correctly? <laughs> They're mentioning Steve in an episode of Numbers? That is unbelievable. Can you imagine... Can you think of any other teacher in the world has been mentioned in a primetime show by name, primetime drama? Can you imagine that? No. It's unbelievable. No. Yeah. So um, I thought that was really funny. So <laughs> the other thing I was going on, the li- I was talking about this in this blog, this sort of Google Plus post, and I thought it was kind of funny. I go, so 
so Steve convinced me to do a science fair project uh, my sophomore year, and, and I didn't do so well. I, I mean, I did okay. I, I don't think I placed or anything. And the next year I came out and I came in first in the Atlanta fair with a project called, it was basically on fractals stuff. And yeah. um, I talked to my, my buddy Mitchell at the time, and I've told and Mitchell, I mentioned earlier, um, he's the stuntman that I talked about. Mm-hmm. So Mitchell was doing a year-long independent study with Steve on, natu- on Lisp and natural language parsing. And I go, Mitchell, you should do a science project with me, man. Steve, Steve thinks you should write up your work, and we should both do it. And he's like, all right. So he didn't really want to do it, but I convinced him. <laughs> so he goes up, writes his work up, and so we tie for first place in the, in a, the Atlanta City Fair. <laughs> and then he goes on and beats me at the State Fair. Oh wow! He gets second. He gets first at the first at the Georgia State Fair. And I'm like, and you had convinced him. Damn it! <laughs> like that is crap. <laughs> and I think the reason he won is because he 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 cut up all these little snippets of his list programs and pasted it all up on his board, so it looked like this really complicated program. And I just pasted up these two sheets of the core algorithm, even though my my program was like a hundred pages long, and I, I put in a big notebook. And he just, he just made it look complicated. He said it didn't make any sense that already put him in there, but everybody was so confused by it that it made it look like he was a genius. <laughs> I was like, it's, it's like, uh, it's like the, um, it's like uh, the movie uh, Megamind. Have you, have you seen Megamind? Uh, no. I recommend it, by the way. I've watched it over and over with the kids. And <laughs> in the one part, Megamind, he's like the super villain who, who's being challenged by this other villain. And he's like, you know what the difference is? He's like, you're not a, you're a villain, all right, but you're not a super villain. And the guy's like, well, what's the difference? And he's like, presentation. <laughs> <laughs> it was the greatest lie, you know. And you have like, Ozzy Osbourne music playing in the background. Yeah, it was just fantastic. And uh, that's awesome. Guy, we were listening to that this weekend in the car. We were driving the kids because we have like the DVD player in the car. And when got yeah. and family in town, so. That's why it's in my head. But anyway, so presentation, that's the importance of presentation. It's not what you do. It's not just what you do, but you, people have to see what you did. You can't hide it away in a notebook. Anyway, yeah. Mitchell, who, who, who on his, <laughs> um, his, so he won, like I said, he won the first in the state. I won second, and he went on a plot to enter into the Westinghouse Science Fair, which is this huge national science competition. And I don't know why I didn't write mine up, but he 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 went ahead and entered. And I remember him writing and like the filling out the application is like, well, what do you what are your professional aspirations or what do you want to do with your life kind of thing when you grow up? And he goes, I want to be a martial arts movie star. <laughs> <laughs> I, and that's exactly what he is. That. I'm like, you're such a jackass. <laughs> what are you talking about? And then he goes on to become a martial arts stuntman, right? <laughs> and his first, at, he goes on, he studies at Pomona College, he studies English literature and philosophy. But then at, after his last year, or the summer before his senior year, he does a stuntman school, right? Stunt school. And I'm like, I remember talking to him, I'm like, why are you doing stunt school? He's like, I don't know, man, it seemed like fun, right? And so then his, during his senior year, he gets a job um, on VR Troopers, which is an offshoot of uh, Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. And his girlfriend at the time, so was um, Sarah Brown, and we always used to hang out. Sarah and AJ Johnson. So if anyone who used to watch the Power Rangers and it was the Pink Ranger, Power Ranger, so that was like our group of friends. So it was Sarah Brown, AJ Johnson, and me and Mitch and Phil. 
Okay. And we helped like we helped Amy move. We you know, we used to hang out all the time and um Phil and in fact Phil Heyman and Amy Joe had a little thing. <laughs> but that leave that for another <laughs> another time. But that for another show. So Sarah Brown went on to win three Who, Emmy. Who's Sarah Brown? Was Mitchell's girlfriend. She was the main female lead in VR Troopers. Oh, okay. And Mitchell was the 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 stunt man, the, the stunt double for the for you know one of the guys. Yeah, okay. So he's dating and they're living together for, you know, a year or two or whatever. And, you know, anyway, after they broke up, she went on and started doing some daytime soap and stuff. She ends up winning three daytime Emmys. And in my, so we first moved out, we all went out to dinner and, you know, it was Mitchell and, you know, and Sarah and and my mom and Phil and I were out to dinner. And so she got to know Sarah and everything. And so years later, she's like, oh my God, Sarah's on on TV again. Oh my God, you gotta watch. I'm like, I know, mom, she's on TV all the time. <laughs> she's on this and that, and then like she's on like she then she started getting on like some big, you know, nighttime dramas or something. But um, I thought it was funny, like you connection all these people, like these random. Did Did Mitchell release his his uh, web show? Oh, you're thinking of Dan. Dan. And- oh, Dan. Did Dan release his web show? Yeah, Dan and Mitchell and I were all roommates, and yeah, Dan we had on the show called about Divergence, and I haven't got an update on that. I'm gonna check that out. I haven't heard an update. I'll I'll contact. I'll give him a send him an email and see what's up, but I don't know. Okay, I'd be curious to find that out. Yeah. So, um, I know you're about out of time. It's probably place to stop. Uh, yeah, I do need to head actually. Yeah, you actually, need to head. You actually have a, as we say in Ireland. <laughs> you, actually have a, you actually have a life outside the podcast. <laughs> well, yeah. So wait, you're um you're heading. So it's nine thirty your time east Eastern time. You're yeah. I'll be getting up at six tomorrow, and then we um. We'll be packing up the car, and then the movers are coming in, and we'll supervise them moving all the stuff into the the lorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you call them lorries? The lorry? We're- no, we call them trucks. <laughs> okay, into the truck, <laughs> not the lorry. Into the truck, and then we will be starting our three or four day journey across the states. Oh, awesome! And yeah. you're getting into the fourth during the day. That's the theory. All right, cool. Well, I guess we'll uh, see you on uh, see you on. On uh, what's what day of the week is that? Oh man, I don't know. Whatever. We'll see you on the fifth. Yeah. Morning. Yeah. See you on the fifth. All right. That's a wrap. We're out.